I lay here 
such a high price. Your love didn't even see it as a sacrifice. How deep, how deep, how deep the Father's love for me. How deep, how deep, yeah. Whoa, just an Thanks so much for joining us. We are so glad that you're online with us today. And I just want to let you know that we've been praying for you. We know this is crazy, but God's in control and we're all battling fear in some way, shape or form. And so as we get ready to jump into our service here in a few minutes, I just want to remind you that we have hope in the Lord and we're battling against fear. So check out this video. Welcome. Thanks for joining us online. We are missing you here in the building, but we're thankful that we can 
meet in this way and sing together and lift our voice to sing to the Lord. So would you do that with us?
God, your power and your might. I love the line in that song that says that you're for us, that everything else could be against us, but you're for us. And that you have favor on us. And that you love us. And that we're the most valued things on earth that you've created. And I know that because no other living thing was died for. So maybe maybe somewhere where we're watching or participating, we're having a hard time remembering that because of this this kind of thing that we're in right now. So I just pray that you would remind us that. Maybe it was just that last song or maybe it's something coming up that Pastor Ken's going to talk about. But Man, remind us of your power. That you got this in control. Lord, we love you. Prepare our hearts for what's to come. In Jesus' name. Crossroads. Thanks so much for joining us online today. I just want to share with you that if you are watching this and you have the opportunity, you're available, would you put in a praise? Would you type in, God is so good because, and enter in a praise. Enter in how you've seen God work or you just want to tell, um, tell God who he is. You know, God is almighty. God is powerful. He is majestic. Would you just type that in? And if you're sitting and you're watching your TV or you're in your living room and you're running around and you're listening to this, would you just shout it out? God is. God is, God is so good because. Let's lift up the name of Jesus because under the banner of Jesus is where we gather. It's not proximity. It's not a building. It's under the name of Jesus Christ. That's what unites us. And so during this time, I know that we're socially disconnected, but we don't have to be spiritually disconnected. So would you join a life group? There are life groups that meet every week. They meet over Zoom. They meet over different video apps. And what they do is they connect. They're connecting over the Word of God. They're connecting and hearing about what's going on. They're praying for each other. So would you go to the front page of our website and click Virtual Life Groups. And if you would like to lead a group, you can read more information. And if you would like to join a group, you can read about more information about how to join a life group virtually. And so go to the front page, click on that Connect card there, and you can see what's going on. And you can connect with us, and we'll reach out with more information. And so those are uh, virtual life groups. And then if you're visiting and you're watching this stream for the first time, I just want to say welcome. Would you go to the front page of our website and click Connect card and just fill it out? And if you're part of our Crossroads family, would you fill out a Connect card? Because this is such a phenomenal way that we can pray for you, and we can also just see the different prayer requests. When you go to the Connect card on the front page of our website... Or if you're on our online platform, you can click Connect Card at the top, and you can fill out a prayer request on that. And so would you do that and just let us know what's going on and how we can pray for you during this time. And so as we keep moving on, there's so many opportunities that God keeps giving us. Like these Crossroads care packages are incredible. And so you've been giving. You've been bringing in non-perishable items, and every Friday they go out. And so lives all over this community are being impacted. So would you please continue to bring in non-perishable items? Uh, the office is open um, in the lobby and on the porch. You can bring in these non-perishable items, and they go out every Friday. Thank you so much for giving to this incredible mission. And, guys, as we, as we keep moving through this time, um, Wednesday nights has been, has been an incredible time of prayer. And so you can join us at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, and you can join us on Facebook Live. You can join us on our online platform. And what we've been doing is we've been gathering under the name of Christ, and we've been praying. You can, you can share your prayer requests with us. We've been reading the Word of God. Um, we've been having just moments of reflection and meditation on the Word and just who God is. And so this has been such a wonderful time. It's been a sweet time with our church. Anybody who's watching is welcome to join us. But this is, this is going to be every Wednesday night online. We're going to be having a time of prayer. 
And guys, I want to share with you that this next couple of weeks, we're going to be having this uh, opportunity through Blessings of Hope to give food to our community. And so there's two different things I want to share with you. One, we know that a lot of you are watching. Maybe you're without a job or maybe your income has been slashed in half or even three quarters or, or even completely. And so there's going to be an opportunity to um, bring uh, we're going to have food brought in and we're going to bless our community. And so the first thing is, is if this is going to help you and, and since having an extra um, box of non-perishable items and perishable items, um, we're going to share more information about when this date is going to be to look for it in the next couple weeks. So that's the first thing is if we can bless you and bring food into your home, we're going to share more information about what that's going to look like and how you can pick up that food. And the second thing is, is if you would like to give uh, to this uh, mission, would you go to the front page of our website and you can click on Blessings of Hope and you can give um, towards this mission so that we can bring food to our um, church family and also bring food to our community and we can just bless um, those in our area with this incredible opportunity, with this food. And the last thing I want to share with you is you've been giving, and we want to say thank you so much. Guys, it's been humbling, um, and, and I'm just so thankful to, to do life with you all. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving to the mission of Jesus Christ. And so you can give online. You can give um, by sending it in the mail. You can also drop it off in the offering box on the wall in the lobby here at church. Guys, thank you for giving, and I want to encourage us all. Let's continue to give um, during this time. Guys, we love you, and just know that God is with us, and we are so thankful for the Word of God, which we're going to open up here in a minute. Um, but guys, just know that uh, God's working in your life, and uh, we're praying for you. Thanks so much. Welcome, Crossroads. I'm so glad to be able to join with you online today. So thankful that we can gather. While we can't gather up here at the church, we can be one church in many locations. I'm so thankful, as I know, that the, that the church is not about a building. It's about being the church. And I'm so thankful for you, Crossroads, for being the church. 600 bags, more than 600 bags of groceries have come in and gone out. And they've been distributed into our community, and we're so 
thankful for this opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we've partnered with blessings and a backpack here in our very own community. So I want to say thank you, Crossroads, for caring. Thank you for the days to come of your care and compassion for what you're going to be doing. Thank you for being the church, even though we can't gather at this point. But I am excited about what I'm hearing that uh, that won't be terribly long before we can start to actually gather in our building again. And I want you to know that we are making plans and getting excited for those days when we can be back here and enjoy this fellowship together. We're in a series entitled Set Free, and I think that you all are ready to be set free. Like you're, you're tired of hearing stay-at-home orders, you're tired of lockdown, you're tired of the word quarantine, you're ready for this to be over, and you are just just done with it. And I get it because I'm feeling that. Uh, I come home and my, my family's antsy. They've been cooped up in the house all day. Everybody is ready to be set free. I want to remind you that in the scriptures that, uh, that, that the people of God quite often would face challenging times and God would come and set them free. As you go and you look in the Old Testament, you'll find that the people of God, the nation of Israel, for 400 years they were slaves. Now imagine, we've just been under lockdown for just a few weeks here, maybe two months, but uh, 400 years as slaves. Could you imagine that? And God said, I'm going to set my people free. He sent Moses to set his people free. And that's what he did. He sends Moses over and Moses sets his people free. Moses goes before Pharaoh and says, hey, let God's people go free. And they were set free. When Jesus came uh, and when he was born, it was under the Roman oppression, the Roman Empire. Israel had their nation, but it was under the oppression of Rome. The people in that day, they were ready to be set free. And Jesus was, uh, was come to be their king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And on that Palm Sunday day, you remember them waving those palm branches and, 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 and waving Hosanna. Save now is what that meant. And they were ready for God to set them free in that moment. But may I share with you what Jesus did? Jesus came and he set not just the nation of Israel free, but he set all of us free. And if Jesus would have just come to to set the nation of Israel free under a political uh, turmoil and political reign of that moment, that would have been a very limited impact. But Jesus came and he had this impact that is impacting you and I today, and we have been set free. So as we're longing for this word, set free, I want you to know that God gave us a whole book, the book of Galatians, about being set free. And it's not about... It's not about coming out from under quarantine. It's not about not being in stay-at-home orders. It's about being set free, how your soul has been set free. You have been set free by Jesus Christ. This is what God has given us today. Galatians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, we're going to begin to talk here today. And uh, this is kind of interesting because the Apostle Paul, and in chapter 1, we talked just a few weeks ago, Chapter 1, he says that there were two Gospels. You had the true Gospel, and then you had the false Gospel, which he says is really no Gospel at all. There's nothing good about Jesus plus anything. And so just to bring everybody back into speed here, the Apostle Paul, he was, uh, he was church planning throughout, through, throughout the area, and he went into Galatia, and many new people came to Christ, and there were people he left to lead the church, and then he moves on. 
Um, but here's what happened. The Apostle Paul has to write to them now, and he has to tell them, hey, listen, I want you to, uh, to understand the freedom in Christ because there's been some false doctrine that's come. People came and were beginning to teach this idea. They were teaching this idea that you had to have Jesus plus the law. Like you had to have Jesus and go back and do all these rules and regulations. So, so Peter, uh, as we pick up today in chapter 2, verse 11, Peter here says, uh, Peter comes over to Antioch. And Paul re- re- tells about this interaction between Peter and Paul in Antioch. And now look here. He says, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. Like the, the apostle Paul had to come and he had to oppose Peter. Why? For what he did was very wrong. Uh, this is kind of a kind of a, a, a tough statement here. He says, "Listen, I got in his face. I told him like it is. Peter, you're wrong." Now check this out, verse 12. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. Do you see what's starting to happen here? Peter comes and he says, "You know what? I've been set free." Uh, over in the book of Acts chapter 10, you can read about the vision that God gave to Peter about the clean and the unclean and, and that, that, that they could eat anything they wanted now. And so Peter comes along and he comes into Antioch there and they have this confrontation. Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. And Paul's like, wait a minute. You, you, you wouldn't eat with the Gentiles because of these other people that said, well, you have to be circumcised you have to follow the law but afterwards when some friends of james came peter wouldn't eat with the gentiles anymore he was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision as we continue here the next verse as a result other jewish believers followed peter's hypocrisy now catch this he says that they followed peter's hypocrisy and, and even Barnabas, Barnabas, that was, uh, that was the good, good friend of Paul. He says, even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Uh, he, he says that they were hypocritical. Peter, what are you doing? Peter, why are you going to be a hypocrite here? And if you go and you look in God's Word and you understand the original word, their hip- hypocrisies, really it says kind of to wear a mask. That's what the original word means. And right now you're thinking about the mask that you're wearing, right? You go into the grocery store, you've got to wear a mask. I went down here to the Dairy Queen the other day, pulled up in a drive-thru, and they said, you have to have a mask on just to come to the drive-thru window. And uh, that was kind of mind-blowing. That's not the mask of hypocrisy. The mask of hypocrisy would be, look something like this. Uh, it, was a, it was an actor's mask. It was uh, in a theater, so whenever they would go out, they would put on a mask and they would put it over and they would begin to try to be somebody that they were not. And the Apostle Paul says, Peter, you're being hypocritical here, for you know. Peter, Peter knew the truth of the gospel. Peter walked with Jesus. Peter totally understood that Jesus died on the cross, that he paid for his sin, and that he rose again the third day. Peter got that. Peter totally, totally understood. But I want you to catch this today. Peter was worried about what other people would think. 
And he was worried about this group that, would, that, that said, hey, listen, you have to be circumcised. You have to follow all these rules and all these regulations. And the Apostle Paul's like, no. No, the Apostle Paul came down hard and he talked strong. He talked heavily. Uh, his language is, is, is strong here. He gets in Peter's face and says, no, you can't do that. And so today I want us to figure this out. How do we keep from going back to, to living the old way? You know, God has given us a choice. We can choose life or we can choose uh, the, the tree of life or we can choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think many people have good intentions and they go to start off with life. But how do we keep from going back to the old way of living? How do we keep from doing that? How does this happen that, uh, that all of a sudden we have grace and we understand that Jesus died on the cross for us, but then we say, I'm going to go keep some rules. And I think that God will, will somehow be more happy with me if I, if I start to keep a bunch of rules. How do we stop? You know, it's like if you have the two trees, I want you to think about this. It's, it's almost like there's a, a vine that you can swing back and forth from the two, two trees. I, I, I'm going I'm to trust what Jesus did. That's the tree of life. And then I'm going to swing over here and I'm, I'm just going to get comfortable with religion. And I'm going to try harder. And I'm, I'm going to feed the poor so that maybe God will be, uh, be looking on me and be happy with me. I'm going to do these various things to get God's attention. Well, folks, none of that will get God's attention. And I want you to consider this today. How do we keep from going back to living the old way? How do we keep back from going to the struggle? Folks, the struggle is real. And I get it because every day I have to make a decision. Am I going to live in grace or am I going to be defeated? Like, am I going to be defeated and go over and look and, and look at my life and see that I'm I'm down, I've failed, and I've done all these things. I can't live up to this list of these rules and regulations. How do we keep from giving back? How do we keep from going back to the old way of living? He continues on, verse 14. This is powerful. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others. Now check that out. He says, I noticed they were not following the truth. They were not living in line with the truth. And so he says, man, I got in front of everybody. Since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow these Jewish traditions? Uh, Paul got into space. He says, why are you trying to do that? He continues on. He says, you know, you and I were both Jews by birth, we were not sinners like the Gentiles. Paul, Paul can relate. Paul says, listen, I was a Jew, and, and I'm by birth. I understand this, and, and that, that's my, my birthright was a good Jewish person. How, how, you understand this. We weren't like those Gentiles. We weren't like those other people. You and I are Jews by birth, not like those Gentiles. Continuing on. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith. Now, Paul here gives a, a profound statement. And folks, I want you to catch this. We know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus, not by obeying the law. Folks, the Ten Commandments have their place. There's a moral law that God has given us. But obeying the Ten Commandments does not make you right with God. Whoa! 
Like, th- this is earth-shattering. I think for many people, they've never understood that. And they go, and, and maybe even some will follow Christ, and then they'll go back to trying to obey. They'll try to go into rule-keeping. Look at the continuing on. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. We have been made right with Christ because of our faith. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. No one, nobody will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. What was the purpose of the law? The purpose of the law, folks, was to show you that you needed a Savior. That's why God gave the Ten Commandments. That's why in the Old Testament there is law on top of law on top of law. Look what he continues, verse 17. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean that Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And so he says, listen, uh, God, even though you're still struggling with sin, God says, listen, the way you get to heaven is not by obeying the law. It's through Jesus Christ. I love what Martin Luther said. You know, Martin Luther gave a short definition of, uh, of what a Christian is. He says this, a Christian is not somebody who has no sin. Did you catch that? A Christian is not somebody that is without sin. Man, the, that took the relief off of me. Because I have, uh, I have oftentimes said, oh, God, what's wrong with me? Why do I struggle like I do? A Christian is not somebody who has no sin, but somebody against whom God no longer chalks sin. Strike one, strike two, strike three. God no longer is making the chalk. He's no longer keeping the record because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Because your faith in Jesus Christ you have been able to be set free. God is not sitting there with a bunch of rules and regulations. Oh, folks, I'm reminded right now in in this moment of pandemic, in this moment of the infection around the world, that we need a cure. Everybody's thinking about the the cure. But I'm reminded of the the cure that God gave us. And so today, as as we continue, the, the Scriptures made it real clear. The cure is not by trying harder. Many people are going out and they're trying to get the cure for their heart, for their soul. Many people, you, you've been under lockdown and you're, you're spending extended time with family and you're seeing broken family relationships and you're seeing all kind of issues that are, that are broken that you didn't even know were broken. May I share with you today, God has come to heal. That's why Jesus came. Not to chalk your sin. Not to keep a record of your sin but to erase the record of your sin. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sin. I'm going to share with you a clip here in just a moment. This is a good friend of mine. His name is Josh Bai. Josh, is, uh, he lives in North Carolina, and, and he puts it so well in the spoken word. And I just want you to watch his spoken word. There was once a king of humble origin, 
The prophets predicted his coming would bring peace again. But the world into which he was born remained ignorant, completely missing the reality, the gravity, the weight of it. He came to his own, but his own failed to recognize him. They expected, no, demanded a conquering warrior, but he came as a common laborer. His mission, to take a knife to the throat of death and slit that serpent's neck. To kill once and for all the power of darkness that left humanity infected, diseased, and wrecked. And in the most surprising twist, this king carried out his mission without so much as a sword, knife, or fist. Instead, without uttering a single word, this king delivered himself over to execution, to be brutally tortured to the point of disfiguration, flogged, crucified, and mocked in naked humiliation. Placed in a tomb that wasn't his own, his lifeless body lay sealed behind a stone. But then at dawn on day three, while death cheered and sang, his lungs inhaled, his heart began to beat, and he walked out of that grave. And just as humbly as he entered our situation under the watch of farm animals, so too his resurrection had no big celebration, no huge parade, fanfare, or festival. There was no grand appearance to the masses demanding their allegiance. It was just one by one to his followers, bringing peace, comfort, and assurance. Even now, as I'm speaking to you, an infection is wreaking havoc around our globe. And I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about the disease of the soul, a disease called sin that has blackened the heart of every human being, an infection of walking corpses, seeing but not perceiving. And just as humbly as our king came as the cure for our infection, our soul's vaccination, I appeal to you now from my backyard in social isolation. Be reconciled to this king. He loves you. He died for you. He rose for you. He faced rejection so you could know the freedom from sin's infection. Listen, in this time of social distance, please avoid resisting the persistent love of a king who is infinitely magnificent and wild passionate for you. I thought you would enjoy that spoken word from Josh Vi, friend of mine in North Carolina. I so appreciated how he made that clear. Our infection is not this virus. Our infection is the virus of our heart, the virus of our soul. I want to encourage you, take three minutes and share your story onto your social media. Uh, just make, make a, a short clip and say, hey, listen, I have found the cure for the worst virus ever. Jesus died for my sin. I've trusted him. I saw a few of you already started to do that. And I want to encourage you to put your little story out there because it's your story. And in the month of May, I want to encourage everyone, let's let our story be known so that people can find our great God. He is so worthy of all of our praise. Now, the Apostle Paul, that was his message, is that the, the infection has been cured. It's been cured through Jesus Christ. Over in Galatians 2.20, he gives one of the most powerful verses of Scripture ever. Now, check this out with me. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is how to live the Christian life, folks. If you have been struggling, you say, man, what is wrong with me? Why do I battle so much? Here it is. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, I have been crucified. I want you to think of what that means. Crucified means a death. He says, I have died with Christ. He wasn't talking about a physical death. He was talking about the death of his self. And folks, I think if we are going to be followers of Christ and you're going to live and choose life, so you can either choose life or you can keep going back to this rule thing. That's what Galatians was all about. They kept the, the, the false teachers were coming in, the Judaizers were coming in saying, it's Jesus plus all this stuff. Well, Jesus said, it's Jesus plus nothing. And what the way that we are able to live that is to be crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. The Apostle Paul says, this is not me living anymore, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I'm now living in this body is through faith in the one who gave himself for me. It's through faith in the one who died for me and, and paid, his, paid my sin. That is the key to the Christian life. Now, when you, when you trust Jesus Christ, your sins have been nailed to the cross. They have been crucified with Christ. But he's take, the Apostle Paul takes it a step further and says, Myself, I have, to, I have to crucify myself. Myself has got to go to the cross with Christ. And it's no longer about my desires. It's now about Christ who lives in me. I live by faith. Look what Jesus said over in the book of Matthew. These are powerful words. Jesus here is, uh, is going to deal with Peter. Matthew 16:21 From that time on Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life You know what the apostle Paul was saying uh, what 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 uh, actually Jesus is saying here Jesus is saying listen I am ready to go to the cross his disciples they weren't ready for this They didn't understand it. Look what Peter says here, continuing on, verse 22. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he says, this shall never happen to you. And so what Peter's starting to say here, he's going back to choosing the tree of the knowledge. See, not not God's way, but he's choosing the tree of knowledge. He says, no, 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 God, no, 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 no. This would never happen to you as we continue. He says, Jesus then turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Like, that's some pretty powerful words from the master. He tells Peter, listen, that's the wrong message. And and so he recognized the characteristic of the spirit that was oppressing Peter, the the spirit that was getting in in, in the face of Peter. See, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Peter was saying, I'm going to take this. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but you have the things of man. From a very finite perspective, Peter was saying, No, Lord, you can't die. No, Lord, this can never happen. We will never let this happen to you. He says, You do not understand the things of God, the tree of life. You understand the things of man, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You're making decisions. You're thinking incorrectly here. He continues on. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
Jesus says, there it is, crucified with Christ. Deny yourself. You know what most people will do? They will look all their life to try to find themselves. They will look to try and fill their life with all the things that, that matter most to them. And, and, and for many people, it's your career. Like right now, where's our career right now in the middle of the pandemic? This is painful. This is hard. And many people have lost jobs. Many people have lost everything. And, and there's so much pain and suffering happening right now. And if your whole self is wrapped up into your career, you are really hurting. And Jesus says, listen, deny yourself. You're not going to find it over there. Look at the next verse here. This is so powerful. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life, for me, will find it. Do you know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying, listen, if you will crucify yourself to Christ, like deny yourself and, and, and no longer be looking to fill yourself with all this, no longer be looking to fill all of your needs with your career, with those relationships, with, with pleasure, with all those issues that, that we try to fill life with. He says, if you will lose it, let that stuff go, lose it. He says, you'll find it. You'll find your life in me. You'll find your life in me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses it will find it. You know, folks, many of us, we come to God and we say, God, my career is going bad or my family's going bad. And, and God, I need you to change the circumstances. Most people want change circumstances. But may I share with you today that God wants to change you. Did you catch that? Most of us want change situations. But God wants to change us. God wants to come and he wants to change you. That's what the Apostle Paul was saying. I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. Therefore, this life is not about me anymore. Therefore, this life is more about Jesus and it's about Jesus living in me. And I have a whole new direction in life. I have a whole new trajectory in life. I have a whole new path that God has called me on. Most of us want God to come and change the situation. But God says, I want to come and I want to change you. And I'm going to start from the inside out. I'm going to transform you. Oh, folks, this is a new identity. Like you have a new identity. Your identity is not your job. Your identity is not, not your family. And listen, these are important, but that's not your identity. You don't make your identity in those things. You make your identity in Jesus Christ and he says, listen, this is where the struggle comes. Many times, folks, what you feel and what is real are two different things. Let me say that again. What you feel and what is real are two different things. Right now, I know many parents are, are really feeling down, worn out, overwhelmed because of this pandemic. They're trying to take their kids and become homeschool teachers and try to make this thing go. And they're, they're, they're trying to live up to their own standards. And they're really struggling. They're overwhelmed. I know other people that are just overwhelmed with life, young adults that are looking to start their life. And, and listen, they had expectations of life. And they're overwhelmed by all these things that they cannot do. And what they feel and what is real are two different things. So I want to share with you a few things here today about what you feel and what is real. Many of us do not understand that we have a new identity and that Jesus has not only just given us a new identity, he's given you a new power. It's called Christ in you. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
He is, you are a new creation in Christ. Now, check this out. Um, you, you may be down and you may not understand today what's going on, but let me give you a few thoughts here. Your righteousness comes from God and not from your own righteousness. God gives you his righteousness. And many, uh, many think that, uh, that they are saved by doing their own righteousness. Uh, well, you can't be saved by doing your own righteousness. And what's even more sad is that many will think that they have, that they have to figure out the rest of their life. Like God has died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross to pay for their sin. And they trust him and they're like, well, the rest is up to me to build the good Christian life. That's not the definition of Christianity, folks. That's the definition of insanity. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He rose again and the same power that lives in him lives in you. So I want to encourage you today. You may be struggling today with everything that's going on, and, uh, and you may be looking at your life and you say, man, listen, I just need God to help me. Let's, uh, let's just say that, uh, that I were uh, going through a really rough time in life. Let's just say that uh, my family was, uh, that I lost my job, my family was starving, I became an alcoholic, I became broken, totally living off the street, and, uh, and all of a sudden a man come up to me, a very rich man would come up to me, and he says, hey Ken, let me tell you what, I'm going to take that debt from you. And so he would pay off all my bills. But in the meantime, I have fallen to alcoholism. I have fallen to everything under the sun. I've fallen to cancer. I've fallen to everything that you could imagine has gone wrong. And the guy pays off my debt. Well, that would be wonderful. But I'll tell you what I would need. I would need power to go back and put life back together. I would need power to go back and no longer be an alcoholic. I would need power to go back and be able to figure out family relationships. I would need power for life to move on. And I would need somebody to help me learn how to live again. That, my friends, is what Jesus has done for you. He has given you the power. Many of us are trying so hard on our own. God says, listen, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. You know what? You have a new identity. Jesus, when he looks at you, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. The Father looks down and he sees Jesus. So today you may feel abandoned. You you may feel like, man, I, I am abandoned, but may I tell you that you are actually loved? This is what God says. If you go over into the book of Colossians, and I have a list here. It's going to come up here. Uh, You are loved by God. Uh, You you may feel condemned, but may I tell you that you are spotless. In the image of God, you are spotless. Like like you see all the bad that you've done. You see the the shortcomings, and, and you're dealing with the relationships that are broken. But God says, you are spotless in my eyes. You are my child. Um, you may feel down on your luck today, but may I tell you that you're actually blessed by God. The scripture says that you have been blessed with every blessing in, high, in the heavenly places. Like that's what God says for you as a follower of Jesus Christ. He has blessed you. He says that all his promises are yes and amen. He says that uh, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What you feel and what is real are two different things. Folks, it's about our identity. We have to come back and get our identity in Jesus Christ. You may feel neglected today, but may I tell you that you have been chosen by God. God has chosen you to be his child. And, uh, and you, may, you may feel like, man, life is just tough. You may feel defeated by temptation but may I tell you that you have died to sin's power. 
like the, the power of sin no longer has a hold on you, and you're struggling with temptation, and you're going back and forth, and, and, and this thing is hard. May I tell you today that you are loved by God, that you are dead to the power of sin? Uh, you may feel dead and lifeless, but in Christ you have resurrection life. Like God has given you this resurrection life, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. Uh, you may feel broken, but may I tell you that God has made you complete today? God has uh, made you complete in Him. You are a new creation. Oh, man, all things have become new. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. You've been adopted into the family of God. Folks, did you catch this? You've been adopted into the family of God. You are a child of God. You get to be the child of God. And so all of this, this whole list that I just went through with you today, that's who God says that you are. God doesn't sit there and say, look at Ken. Look at what he did down there. And look at all the problems. And look at his selfishness. And look at his ego. No, no, no. God says, I see my son. And you know what Ken gets? Ken gets to be a child of God. He gets to be forgiven. He's adopted into my family. Wow. Do you see who you are in Christ? Today I'd like to invite you to Jesus. I'd like to ask you to just start with me today by praying. And maybe as we close, this would be the prayer of your heart. Number one, God, I know that uh, I cannot do anything to to make you love me less. Isn't that powerful? There is nothing. God, there is nothing I could do to make you love me less. Would you just pray that today? Like maybe this is the first time you've come to Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin. And there's nothing that you can do that will cause him to love you less. He loves you more than you can even comprehend. As we continue, how about this? God, you are all I need for joy. God, you are all that I need today for everlasting joy. What you feel and what is real is different. Let's come before God and say, God, take my pain, take my sorrow. And I want your joy. And then how about sharing with other people? God, as you have been to me, so I will be to others. And I want to encourage us. Let's close today in prayer like that. And if you've not trusted Jesus as your Savior, would you call on him today and say, God, I need you. You died on the cross. I've been trying on my own. And I can't get to you on my own. I'm so thankful that you came to me. Just tell God something like that. Just in your own words, tell him. Say, God, thank you for dying on the cross, for rising from the dead. I'm inviting you into my life right now. And then for all of us, you know what? The gospel is not something that you prayed a prayer when you were 5 or 10 or 50. It's not a one-time event. The gospel wants to invade your life. And I think this thought right here today, there's somebody listening that needs to hear that. God, there's nothing that I could do that will make you love me less. Many good, well-meaning Christians are trying, and they're running on the treadmill, and they're trying to earn favor with God. And God says, there's nothing that you can do that would make me love you less. Would you pray that to him? God, Thank you that there's nothing that I could do that will make you love me less. Write that down. 
Uh, You are all I need today for everlasting joy. God, you are all that I need. And God, as you have ministered to me, may I minister to others. Let's pray. Father God, I come before you and I thank you for this time. Thank you for those that have just trusted Christ. I thank you for those that are watching that have been following you for some time, but they've gotten back on the treadmill of trying to do their own good. They've been working and trying to earn your favor. God, would you let them know how much you love them and they can stop. They can rest in your presence and be comforted by you. God, move in a way that only you will get the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us on Crossroads here today. I'm so glad to be with you. I want to encourage you to go over to our website. You can, uh, you can hit the Connect card there. If you just trusted Jesus, I'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Uh, just hit the, hit the button there. I've trusted Jesus on the Connect card. If you, are, uh, if, if you are just joining us, this is your first time, hit the Connect card on our website, crsmin.com. And uh, if you have a prayer request, if you have a need, please communicate with us. We want to be able to be able to pray for you, to communicate. And if there's anybody that has need for food or anything, we want to step up as the church and meet as many needs as we can. And I know that many people within the church are going to be doing that. God bless you, and thanks for joining us today. dark room silence fuel imagination tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name the winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky i'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence
words. They don't do your power much justice. It's too great. Too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this. 